With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. All right, we're starting. Um, special Denver Broncos Mile High Report radio podcast as uh, Ian and I are excited to be joined by uh, Jess Place and Casey Barrett, who are representing the Mile High Report crew out at the Hall of Fame ceremony and they went to the hall of fame game and that's what we're going to talk about so ian we're pretty excited to say welcome to jess from something something broncos yes ssb as well and yeah. and, and yeah. casey who provides us with some awesome photos at all times so uh welcome to the show guys hey glad to be here guys hi this is probably going to be as focused as the first preseason game was for the broncos and the falcons but we were less... a little tired. We, we got up at uh, 3 a.m. And, and flew out of our respective cities, uh, and uh, and we're still going. And it's uh, almost here in Canton. It's, it's at time of recording. It's 20 till 2 a.m. So going on 23 hours here. That's that's our level of commitment to Mile High Report. You guys are definitely committed, or should be committed. One of the two, uh, but that's neither here nor there. So. <laughs> Uh, let's we don't we don't just plop it out there and perform. Oh, you mean expect oh, it to perform? That. I like it though. That's our job. Nicely done. Nicely done. I, you know what? Gold star. You get a Vic Fangio gold kidney stone <laughs> when it arrives. When it arrives, and it hasn't arrived yet. We don't know. It'll get here it when it gets been here. Passed yet? No. When it does get passed, I'm sure Vic will have a talking with it about you know how it needed to perform better. Um, <laughs> You're punny. The uh, the game itself, though, let's let's just let's get this one thing out of the way. It was fairly boring. Is that a fair assessment of of is that is that sort of a, a, a fair takeaway as far as just you look at the rundown and it's like punt, 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 interception, punt, punt, touchdown. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but it it felt like it was pretty mundane. It had all the potential of being an interesting game if all this uh, if it wasn't death by inches it was it, it was it was the death by inches preseason game it was like there were so many big plays that almost happened like the almost interception the almost pass catch the almost break uh run broken by muhammad like there was this like almost 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 it was obvious that it was the first game that everybody played i think on both sides of the ball it just looked like everybody was like, oh, yeah, this is our first one. There was, uh, I thought there was a lot of sloppy play. There was a lot of poor 
poor catches, lots of drops. It's just it looked like the first game to me, first time that anybody really really seriously played. With new coaches and a new new systems for the guys, so it, it, what are your just what's your biggest takeaway from this game? If if you were it, obviously it doesn't mean anything in terms of what's going to happen in the regular season, but what are what is your biggest takeaway? What are some of the things that you'll take away from from watching the game? Uh, Drew Locke is not ready. Brett Rippon is even less so, and Kevin Hogan. Ooh, hearing, hearing uh, Fangio talk about, I think it was Fangio. Hearing someone talk about how Kevin Hogan is the winningest quarterback for Stanford ever. I, I believe uh, that's so, true. Yeah, and so yeah, it, like, it, it, and and that somehow equates to a greatness for the Broncos. How I'm not sure, but I mean. It, it, watching them play, it did. It, it looked like Ke- Kevin Hogan had a better command than others, and that was kind of disheartening. But it is the first game, and you know, it, it's it, the lights are on for the first time for Locke and Rippon. Uh, Hogan has had a year, um, almost a year, and um, you know, it'll get there. It's the first game. It's it's the first of five. There's plenty of time to pull it together and. Um, be better than that. How about defensively? Did did you get a, a sense of how the system is going to play out for for the defense and what Fangio has in in store for for what he's going to do and how he's going to go about attacking offenses? I think it's going to be very reminiscent of Chicago last year. I think their linebackers are going to jump off the ball, kind of like what we've missed uh, the last couple of seasons um, where we had, uh, you know, Vaughn was kind of mysteriously not jumping every snap last season. And that was kind of like, well, why not? Because he's like the best ever to do that. And uh, tonight with uh, Holland and uh, Reed, um, they did a lot of that tonight. They were both jumping off the line very quick. Um, the quarterbacks had three, three and a half seconds to get rid of the ball. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was for me, on the field, it was encouraging to see those guys um, playing that kind of style of play. It was kind of giving me hope that uh, because those guys are running that kind of defense that we'll see that from Von Miller and Chubb and because they are, you know, that next level already um, – they're going to be getting other quarterbacks and in three, three or less seconds, almost or three or more seconds every time. I thought, I thought that early on, um, what stuck with me was it looked like people were finishing their tackles. Like they, it, it, like last year, they would uh, grab and then and then be drug all over the field, or or they would break away and and get six, seven, eight, or a dozen more yards. Um, <laughs> and and it seemed like early on with like the first set that they ran out there, like they were finishing their tackles. They were driving to the ground and, and it was, it, it was, it was, well, you could tell there's something at play there that like, if, if I, I believe I, I tweeted it, like if, if that type of play continues up the food chain, up the defensive food chain, I think we're going to be in for a real fun ride watching the defense this year. Agreed. Cool. Uh, so <clears throat> 
being at cool. the game. Cool, cool, guys. <laughs> it was that's pretty sweet. Word. Oh, nice. I like that one. So, being at the game, I, I'm sure you have a slightly different perspective than those of us who you know got to watch it on TV. Was there, uh, and especially hearing you say, Jess, that it was a, a lot of almost, almost a catch, almost a great play, almost a big throw, almost a big. Was there any? play or player that sort of jumped out at you, uh, you know, on the last podcast, Ian and I talked about guys that pop up all the time. And, and I talked about Kelvin McKnight and, uh, Ian talked about Muhammad, uh, who, who I think his name popped up for sure, uh, tonight, but was there anybody else who you sort of saw that, that sort of caught your eye, uh, that made you think, Oh, okay, this is, this is somebody who can translate what they're doing here with the second team, the third team, uh, and maybe maybe squeeze into that starting or squeeze on to sort of the the fifty three man roster. Well, I, I went into the game. I, I, I marked my my roster that, that they handed out um, with players that I wanted to look at, like specifically to like keep an eye on. And really, the, the, uh, of those people, Muhammad was one of them. Um, I, I I was kind of disappointed that. Um, I'm going to use the pronunciation guy here, Bosby. Uh, Bosby didn't do more. I, I, he had, I think he had one pass breakup. At, 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 like he, he was on the field a lot. Yeah, he was on the field, but he, he, he not really, uh, didn't really much make a name for himself. And yeah, and, and, and Malik Reed, I mean, he's, he's probably the biggest um, surprise of, of the night. I, I, I hadn't selected him as someone to watch and, um, he had a tackle for a loss and he had a sack. Yeah. Um, and so that was good. Like, I thought that was good. Um, other than that, like uh, I'm looking at Fumagalli, Fant, Fant struggled. I thought like Fumagalli did too. He had a drop. Yeah. There, it just it, not a good game for, for tight ends, typical Broncos tight end play. Hopefully, <laughs> and... hopefully that's just indicating that <laughs> it's just the first game and they'll get better at that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see who else. Let's see. Holland. Holland played pretty good. Holland he was on the well. field a lot with Reed. Winfrey redeemed himself. I thought, you know, he might actually be someone to really like rally around. I mean, when we drafted him, it was like, is he going to be? Um, is he going to be the guy at CU who is kind of inconsistent and you know scouts were leery of, or is he going to flourish here? And so far, I say the returns are pretty positive for Winfrey. I mean, he had the game-winning touchdown. That's that's pretty good. Stuck with the play. Yeah. That is big. Can I get one of those? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, have a, you have something. I do. Oh, I, I don't. I sort of do. I, let me just uh, let me just let me just let everybody know who's listening. I I I believe what you just asked for was a a beer. Am I correct in saying that? Yep. You, may I have one of those? Is a is a, is a request for one of the beers that you've earned? I think you've earned. Uh, uh, we've got a stack of pornographic magazines that he brought in from Colorado. Brought to you by. Oh, Fat Tire. That's a good yeah, choice. Well, good I choice. Brought, I brought the Coors Light, and he brought the Fat Tire, uh, mostly because I bought my beer at Walmart where they have no beer. So. And he said, I bought Coors Light, and I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, it was that or Yangling, and I'm like, no, no, no. Not doing that. One of the most uh, exciting moments from the game was Sua Cravens busting through the line of scrimmage and and tackling one of the 
Falcons running backs for a loss. And I, I mentioned in my winners and losers story that that should have gotten Broncos fans to inch forward on their chair a little bit and be excited about what what Cravens just flashed because I think he's been doing that off and on over the course of training camp and he'll need to do that more over the course of the preseason. But it, what did you guys make of that play and it, was it something that anyone talked about afterwards after the game was over? No. I mean yeah, – our time, our time after the game with uh... – Coach Fangio was pretty limited, and he was the only one that gave any uh, kind of a press conference. So there really wasn't a whole lot of discussion for anything on that. But it did make it did remind me. I think you and I talked about it yesterday with uh, Cravens talking about how this coaching staff is letting him kind of be the player, be he the player he wants to be, to be instead of rather being than, put into yeah. middle linebacker position that really wasn't his forte. Um, so as soon as he made that play, I thought about that discussion that we had. Like yeah. immediately, it was like, oh yeah, he looks like that was a play that he was excited for because it was yeah. something that he wanted to, to be a part of. And, uh, you yeah, know, he got up, fired up, and it immediately made me think of that discussion. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, I mean, that, that's positive. I mean, I, I mean, I, it's, it's so early that it's, it's hard, but, um, especially because they're not on the field with the starters. I mean, Cravens may be a, a one on the defense when the t- time comes, but without having Harris on the field, without having, uh, Vaughn and Chubb and Wolf, the unit, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's tough to see what Cravens could actually do because they, you know, offenses will have to make adjustments to for a Von Miller or for uh, a Wolf-Gostas combination. They're going to make adjustments on the front five um, where I think that if, if Cravens is allowed to do what he wants to do, then um, I think he'll have uh, a lot of opportunities to, to make big plays. And I like Craven. Like I, I like I, I I can't tell you why, but like when he signed with us, I was like, yes, this is a good call. And and and, and I, you know, it, it's the same reason why I effing hate Booker. I can't tell you why, except that he can't play football. But um, I hate. Yeah, it's just like I I have a feeling about Sue Cravens. I think this is a good opportunity for him to to, to flourish. You know, I, you you bring up an interesting point. The the defensive backfield was sort of a an area of concern for a lot of fans after the draft, after uh after last season, and now it almost feels like does it feel like it's crowded in the defensive backfield if Sua Cravens is going to be good and you've got Will Parks and, and Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan and 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 Chris Harris Jr. obviously and and you it's start, it's starting to feel like it's a little bit it's it's a little full back there in the defensive backfield. Does that was that something that you got a sense of being at the game or, or having seen any of the practices or anything like that? I don't think in a negative way. I th- right. I, th- I think it's that it's competition breeds success, and so I think it's with f- with five preseason games and and four to go. Um, I, I think that there's going to be plenty of opportunity for for those uh, in, in the backfield to separate themselves from each other. Yeah, I think it's mostly going to be players' jobs to lose. I think if the the guys have to worry about their mistakes and whoever can remain the most consistent is going to be the one who gets some more playing time. Or even make, even make the roster. Aside from the quarterbacks, what what's the biggest area improvement that you want to see uh, for the second preseason game that you didn't see tonight? Thursday Tied night. Tight ends. Yeah, the, the uh, I was pleased to see that we ran a lot of bootleg tonight. 
uh, more than we've seen in, in quite a while. And uh, there was, a, there was I don't know, three, maybe three or four times where our quarterbacks rolled out to make that bootleg pass, and the guy dropped it. And it's like, you know, if it hits your hands, you got to make the catch. And those are usually going to a tight end or a running back coming out of the backfield. I, ca- I caught myself thinking, I'm like, Jake Plummer would make that throw. Like, like Jake Plummer made that play. Yeah, no you know, problem. Like he ran that bootleg a lot and it, more. And, and and to be honest, like it, it's kind of refreshing to like have those thoughts because that's when, I mean, really outside of Peyton Manning and like the freakish like anomaly that was the Tebow years, <laughs> um, it, the, that was when our offense was like the most exciting post Elway. I did, I did, I brought it up. I brought, I brought Tebow from something something Broncos, and I just dropped it right here in your lap on Smile High Report Radio. You're welcome. <laughs> we can we can talk about Tebow. We just make sure we do it in a negative in a negative tone because he really wasn't a good quarterback at all ever. So <laughs> there's there it was, it was exciting. Sure, he was an exciting football player, but he was never a good quarterback. <laughs> I am too tired to adjudicate the twenty eleven uh, Tebow <laughs> legendary season. Um, the legendary eight back. and eight season. The, yeah, the eight and eight. I'm just saying, if you rank quarterbacks by postseason success, yeah, Jesus. Um, you know, one for one, eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, never lost a playoff game. You know, I can't say that about uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I I don't know where I don't know where this is going. Let's just... <laughs> uh, take that, Chiefs fans. Yes, they they yeah. deserve it. All of them do. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, I, I'm curious what the sense was that you got from from just the coaching staff in general and and the way that the players reacted to things. I, I know that we kind of we kind of touched on it before, um, but like was did you get a sense that the that the players were buying into the system? And, and that things were like the culture had changed. Like, does it feel like there's a culture change there? We've talked about it. It's been, you know, there's articles that have been on mile high report uh, about the change in the culture. Does that, did you get a sense of that culture change or were you able to sort of see any of that from where your vantage point was? I was up in the press box with the gigantic moths that live in Canton, Ohio. And so um, I did not see much in, uh, along those lines. However, Casey was on the field, and so he could see how the players interacted with the coaching staff. I would say that um, there seemed to be more of a serious attitude on everybody's faces um, than previous years. It kind of seemed that, uh, just in my sense, uh, from the, the seasons with Vance Joseph, that he was uh, very much a, a player's coach and like to please them and keep them kind of on a on a positive note all the time and i felt like there were some days where it was just like wow they're really comfortable and you know some days that's fine and their teeth were rotting out from too much candy <laughs> <laughs> but uh i definitely feel like i mean i've, I've seen it um in the last couple of practices i've seen in this game um derek wolf has definitely got a different attitude about him um, he definitely seems to be a lot more focused um, some of the other guys seem to uh, switch that kind of joking around mentality to uh, a more serious tone um, a lot faster than in previous years. So yeah, I definitely feel like um, they're, they're, the team is, is carrying themselves a little different than they have in previous seasons. Um, 
there was a couple of coaches um, that were not afraid to just chew guys out, um, even in the fourth quarter. So I think that uh, who got chewed out? Oh, uh, but on the spot. I want to know who did the chewing because I, I have a guess that it was probably Bill Kolar. That's my guess. It, it was. Uh, we were on defense, and I think I can't remember if it was our corner or if it was Holland. Um, it, was, it was actually on. No, it was actually on a false start call. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they started oh, yeah. a little bit, and he came out. The, he came out, you know, that yard and a half over the white line, and was yelling at him that he should have been doing something, even oh. though the play was dead. He was still ripping him for good, not not doing whatever was supposed to. He was supposed to be doing so. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Bill Kolar doing it to Jeff Holland. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was it, right. It, and and <laughs> it, it, maybe. Um, I just remember because he turned around. He's like, "You're talking to me." He's like, "Yeah, I'm talking to you." <laughs> I don't have the, I don't have the 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 bleeper. I don't have my bleeper. Beep, oh. beep. <laughs> oh, oh, this isn't something something Broncos. Right. <laughs> we don't we don't have the e. <laughs> we just neither do we. <laughs> I think the biggest question is because it, it's been this way and since the end of last season, since he was drafted, how did the left side of the offensive line look? And in particular, a certain left tackle named Garrett Bowles, how, how did Garrett Bowles look and how did the left side of the offensive line look, especially with rookie Dalton, Dalton Reisner now in, 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 in the position as left guard. Oh, you know, I can't answer that. I, 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 I feel like I didn't see enough to like be able to make that call. Like, I, 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 there, I mean, the pocket collapsed plenty of times. Like, it, it, I mean, it's clearly a work in progress. But Agreed. it wasn't like, you know, it, it wasn't like there was an equivalent of like Rock Alexander. Like, like, like you see one. <laughs> Almost took my eye out with that one. Like he's opening beers with it with his shaving cream. He's like, I'm a bottle dog. opener. There you go. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I it's a work in progress. I, I I'm not gonna heap blame on Garrett Bowles because there was there wasn't any moment where I was like, yeah, there's Garrett again. He's growing up. He actually looks like he lost some weight in his midsection. He actually looks like he's in a little bit better shape than in previous seasons. Yeah, the, the, the I mean, I think the O line. It seemed like as the game went on, and I know that the guys that are on the fringe or are in the game at that point, but it seemed like they just seemed to struggle more. Yeah, as the game went on, it, it's it's hard. I mean, it's like right when you think you have a, a like you know you're trained, you watch football all year, and and, and during the regular season, you're like you, there's a trend, and you're like, oh, we're we're getting better. Oh, sorry, we're getting better or, be or worse. You're uh, talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. I have the talking stick. Um, <laughs> no, no, during the season, it's like you, you see, you, you know, you're able to like gauge. You're like, okay, we're getting better. We're getting worse. Like, you know, at, crap is falling apart. Um, but in the preseason, it's like right when you think you're like, oh, okay, we're you know, like, I'm kind of got the 90, you know, and then they swap in and put in a whole bunch of different other guys. And then they, you know, and then they suck. And, and you're like, oh, we're doomed. And, and you know, and, and such is is the life of preseason football, which is why everybody hates it. 
So yeah, I and I you know with that kind of playing time, I don't envy um, coaching staff and general managers that have to kind of make the make their cuts based on those. I mean, if you're you know the, when you have the starters and they can get into a zone throughout a game, but yeah, these guys get one quarter maybe to to really kind of find that zone. Yeah, to yeah. make themselves look good, and I think um, there aren't a lot of players that can do that. I mean, that's where we find those gems. Yeah, and I think that uh, Muhammad tonight was one of those that seemed, yeah. to, seemed to just kind of be kind of at a level that was just like a step above everyone else, and he maintained that most of the game. Yeah, I, I, yeah, Mah- I want to see more of Muhammad. Here, I'll tell you who I want to see more of. Hold on. Let me pull up my thing. I also want to see more of Jackson. Yeah, I want to see more Jackson. I want to see more of Muhammad. I want to see more of uh, Von Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Chubb. Not um, not during the preseason. I want to see. Yeah, I, okay. Actually, here I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you one guy who disappointed me was Fort. Mm, like he dropped a few. Yeah, he dropped a few. He came up with a big one though in the fourth. Yeah, but it was yeah. Uh, no, I, his second or third drop, I went. Oh, he's probably not going to make the team. Like what and the hell then, happened? Like, later yeah. on in the game, he made one catch. And was like okay, that was partial redemption. Yeah, yeah. Fort had didn't have a great game. Fant didn't have a great game. Um, but I think our offensive scheme looked uh, positive. And looked, I love that we're finding we ran the bootleg like a half a dozen times tonight. So Casey, let me ask you because you keep you keep bringing this up, and it it's sort of is something that is sticking out to me. Player wise, it sounds like there was a few guys like Kofani Muhammad, uh, Juwan Winfrey with the with the big catch. There was a couple of guys who who you might you know Draymond Jones had a pretty pretty nice play with a tackle in the backfield where he just busted through mm-hmm. the line, which I think is great. But I, what I'm taking away from what from what you're saying is it's not so much the the players and the plays and, and what was happening on the field as it was that there's a, a difference in the scheme that that seems more positive that seems like. Uh, the, the offensive scheme especially, but I think also on the defensive side of the football, you can see it. It's the scheme that's better. It's the, the coaching that's better. It's it's the, the the guys on the sideline who are making the decisions seem to have a better grasp of what they want to do, and that will start to translate moving forward. Is that is that the sense that, that I'm getting? Is that correct? Yeah. I'm, I, in, in my mind, it would have been, um, you know, five, four weeks left, but um, if this if this scheme is the is the scheme that they want to plan at every level, and they're not making a, adjustments um, necessarily for the players that are on the field at that moment, they just have an overall overall idea what they want to use. Um, yeah, I think the the whole scheme does look better. I mean, um, it was it was weird seeing these. You know, I don't know how many times last season um, where it was like a third or second down and even long and. Vaughn would stay at the line and be almost like a QB spy instead of doing his jump. And it was just like, well, why is he not doing that? I felt like tonight with especially Holland and Reed, that was their whole goal was to, to jump the snap. And I thought that they did a really good job of um, at least getting a hand on the quarterback. Um, Reed did have that great sack. Mm-hmm. Holland was in the backfield. I, forgot, I don't know how many pictures of Holland in the backfield as well. Um, forcing those kinds of throws now quarterbacks uh, tonight did a pretty the Atlanta quarterbacks did a pretty good job completing some passes but um it's it's really positive knowing that if Holland and Reed are getting there um as the quarterbacks are releasing the ball that um in that scheme Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are going to be there before the ball is thrown 
And offensively, I thought that uh, um, Henderson, both Henderson and Jackson, Jackson makes his first cut and got stuffed a couple times, but uh-huh. he looked like he was reading those real well. Um, Muhammad, I felt, was making the second cut. He was kind of getting up to the line. He was looked like he wanted to make the first cut, and then he made another one and was and was finding another hole. And I think that um, allowing him to do that, almost like a, I hate comparing players, especially to superstars, but almost like a Le'Veon Bell, where you know he kind of he wasn't that good. It was just reminiscent of him coming up to the line and getting ready to make that cut, and it not being there, and him being able to read it and making a second cut. Well, I, I, okay, so you, you compare to Le'Veon Bell, and I think I. I, I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna redirect us a little bit. I think. I think that what we're seeing is a return to like. Like I said earlier, like Broncos offense when it was like at its best, like in that 2005 Jake Plummer offense, where there were boots, naked boots. You had you had the one cut and go. Uh, uh, thank you. You had the one cut and go. Uh, 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 running backs. Uh, and Tatum Bell and and Mike Anderson was that Mike Anderson? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Um, and um, of course, I remember the cell phone guy first. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it, 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 I, I think Broncos fans because it's an offense that they like to watch. It's the Bron- it, it's the Broncos offense. I mean, if you played Madden from that era, it's the Mike Shanahan playbook. Um, you get a first down with Jake Plummer. Yeah, just running that boot and getting to the line of scrimmage so he can start running. Yeah, almost, and so almost every time. So Broncos fans are going to be a lot more tolerant of offensive mishaps because it's that offense. They've seen it work. They know, you know, there's a belief that it will work. Um, we could even go even farther back to a like Elway to Griffith. Yeah, you know, the short little. All Elway had to do was turn around. It's like, oh, Griffith's standing there all by himself and running towards the sideline. Here you go, and boom, six yards. Just a little dump. Yeah. yeah. Instead of these like painful bubble screens that have plagued us for the last three years, like it, it's just it, 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 the it, it's a return to what to what we know, and and I think that that Broncos fans are excited to see it back. And even just because it's it, it just because I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm tired. I felt like um, I felt like with uh, especially the use on that play with Cravens. Um, instead of playing to an individual player's strength, it was what player can we put into the unit to make the overall unit stronger? And that goes back to what you're saying with the scheme. I mean, if you're looking at an overall scheme and saying, okay, we want to do this. Um, we want to have guys that can jump the line um, tonight because Vaughn and Bradley uh, Chubb didn't play tonight. They paired Holland and Reed up most of the game. Um and the rotations we did get. Uh, who was the other guy you were watching? I gotta read. No, the linebackers. Bobby. Yeah. Um, on some of the rotations, they they didn't shy away from um, checking out Reed and Holland, um, unless it was both of them at the same time. So I felt like it was just like, okay, we want this scheme. Um, what players do we put in to make the scheme work best? Cool. So basically, Broncos fans should Word. plan the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, Sixteen and zero. As I said, we, we won the coin toss in the Hall of Fame game, so Super Bowl. It's, it's over. <laughs> there it is. Well, 
The Broncos did win 14 to 10 in the Hall of Fame game, and then you guys have some more Hall of Fame uh, festivities to to enjoy. Is that correct? Uh, get to do some stuff with uh, Champ Alien and and Pat Bowen being enshrined into the Hall of Fame. So lucky for you guys. I, I mean, that's going to be something that you're super excited about. A once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's tremendous. It's amazing. Well, in, enjoy those. We're happy the Broncos got a win and uh, uh, Jess plays. Casey Barrett, thank you guys for joining us. It's uh, it's been a blast. Thanks for having us. Yes, sir. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.